you could get as much secure as you can, but mm-hmm. like, there's always risk involved. There's yeah. no such thing as 100% cybersecurity, right? Yeah. Well, you drive? Yeah. Okay, you drive. Now, you and I both know people who get in accidents all the time, but we mm-hmm. still wake up the next day, start the car, and, and get out the door, right? Yes. And there's risks involved, but we do what we can to mitigate that risk. We get that, that seat belt on, mm-hmm. right? We make sure our vision is good. We wear our glasses if we need to. Yeah. I would make, we fix our mirrors. We make sure the seat is fixed, that we're comfortable, we're aware. We can see mm-hmm. the rear view mirrors, right? You also make sure that you buy insurance to mitigate the likelihood that if you get into an accident, you don't have to foot that big bill of an accident. Yeah. Right? All these activities that we're doing to mitigate the risk so we can continue to drive, that's exactly, literally, cybersecurity metaphor. Oh, wow. Okay. Have you enjoyed listening to the Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredipal.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-L.org, and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredipal shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredipal look. Turn this up! Turn this up! Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferrandi. Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, and welcome to the Incredipal Podcast, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have Abdi Mohammed on the podcast. He's an enthusiastic tech professional, public speaker, and blog writer. That is amazing. But Abdi, how about you introduce yourself the way you would do it? Hey, what's up, folks? My name is Abdi Mohammed. I'm a cloud slash cybersecurity engineer at a Fortune 500 company. I'm also a public speaker. And most importantly, I love helping others. I recently got into the field of cybersecurity about five, well, not recently, but like five years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it's been, it's been quite the journey and, you know, quite a lot of learning and would love to, you know, share my journey into this space and give any tips that might be of value to you. Awesome. Awesome. So recently, it seems like it's flown by. It's already been five years. Yeah. So did you always know you want to go into cybersecurity or let's like dive in? Like, how did this even oh, yeah. happen? Like, Yeah. Yeah. So what's funny is, you know, in undergrad, yeah, as you just said, five years flows by really fast, right? But like in undergrad, you're you're trying to figure things out. You know, you're like 17, 18 years old. You're a kid, right? Yeah. You're, you're trying to figure, now you have to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of pressure and not not the easiest decision. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, the short answer is no. <laughs> I didn't, I, that, that's, I did not see myself getting into, into the cybersecurity space. Yeah. However, I did originally. I saw myself getting into economics, so I wanted to become an economist. Wow! Yeah, most people don't know that. I wanted yeah. to become an economist. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so originally, I, I had my major as economics. Okay. And I was fascinated about you know the way markets work, the way the Federal Reserve works, mm. micro and macro economic conditions. Yeah. How does the world work? How does trade work? Mm. Right? How do we maximize limited resources to get the best bang for your buck? What is supply and demand? 
Yeah. I was so fascinated by those topics. I wanted to become an economist. Mm. So I got my associate's degree in economics. Oh, wow. Then, yeah, it, it was it was like, I remember when I got that social degree, I was so happy, man. I was yeah. like, let's go. First degree down, yes. one more to go, right? <laughs> so I went to... I went to San Diego State University. I transferred upon getting my associate degree. Mm-hmm. I went to Grossmont Community College, transferred to San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And as I arrived to San Diego State, I had an epiphany. I had a old blank moment. You know, you can fill in the rest. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I realized if I really wanted to become an economist and I really wanted to make a decent amount of money as an economist, I'd have to get my PhD. Mm. And for me personally, I didn't, I'm not saying I hated school. <laughs> I was just good. Yeah. I had enough. Yeah. yeah. I, when I get yeah. my bachelor's, I want to start making money and be yeah. out of there. I don't want to go back to academia again. Again, yeah. hate is a strong word. I didn't yeah. hate it. It's just <laughs> not your favorite. But... Not my favorite. You know, if, you, if we had a list of things to do, academia mm-hmm. is not, not one of them. Yeah. I love learning, right? You yeah. and I both know learning is a big deal. We got to yeah. continue learning, right? For our well being. So it's very important. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I was so hit hard and shocked about it when I found out that if I really wanted to make money, you know, I'd have to go all the way, you know, to become an economist. So when that, when that decision happened, you know, I realized when that event happened, I had to make a tough decision. Mm. And it's one of those, you know, coming of age moments, right? Growing up, you have to make, as a child, you make tough decisions, but as an adult, you make much more tough decisions at scale. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, so I don't want to become an economist anymore, but I like economics. Mm-hmm. What classes do I already have? You know, I was always interested in business and tech seems to be growing. You know, I compared what current credits and classes that I had, I compared it to this major called business administration with a focus on management information systems. Oh. So management information systems is focused on studying how to use IT to solve business problems. Mm-hmm. I use an information system and use that information from the technology to solve a business problem, mm. whether it's saving money, whether it's increasing customer uh, customer satisfaction, mm-hmm. whatever, right? There's plenty yeah. of information systems out there. But the idea of that major is to study technology to solve business problems. Mm-hmm. So I, I changed my major to that specifically. And the cool part about it was that I was only missing one or two classes. Wow. Right. So I took those one or two classes, changed my major. And, you know, by the grace of God, you know, I finished up with a bachelor's degree in management information systems. Now, right before about eight months before finishing my degree in management information systems in 2019. So this is like fall 2018. I realized, okay, I do want to work in tech, but tech is so broad. Yeah. It's like. Are you a STEM student? Do you have questions about life after undergrad? Are you not sure what professional development really means? Or maybe you just want to meet some incredible people and ask questions to someone who's been in your shoes before. The Incredible Student Community is for college students who want some help navigating through college, finding their way into grad school, a career, or even starting a business. We will meet once a month for an hour each time. You can reach out with questions at any time through a special group of people you know are serious about their growth as a student leading into a professional. Go to incredipal.org slash community to learn more about this. You can also go to my about page, incredipal.org slash about to learn more about me. 
join me in becoming the most incredible student you can be. Yeah. It's like a sea of different roles that you can do, yeah. right? And it, and it gets even crazier that cybersecurity as a career path is also pretty broad. So oh, wow. I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. right? However, I was fortunate to be in an internship, you know, where I was learning cybersecurity skills mm-hmm. and I was learning the appropriate skill sets that perfectly translated into cybersecurity role. So after talking with a bunch of mentors in Nesby, shout out to National Society of Black Engineers, yes. right? Six house. Paul, Paul, where are you at? Where are you at? Five deep. Five, uh, five deep. All right, well, pay respect. It's not my show. It's not my platform. It's five right. Six right. house, you know, it, it's, it's five, five deep. That's what it house is. House is five deep house. So all right. All right. We're going to pay homage. We're going to pay homage. So, you know, I, yeah, so I talked to a, a bunch of, you know, older, 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 older gentlemen. Who do happen to be doing cybersecurity in Nesby, who graduated and talking to the mentors, and they said, Hey, you know, if you're looking for a path in the tech space, you really want to consider the cybersecurity path. Why? Because cybersecurity is an industry that's not going anywhere, number one. And number two, the growth is gonna it's gonna continue to grow. It's only become more important as businesses continue to adopt technology. There's yeah. cybersecurity risk involved. And so long as there's cybersecurity risk involved. Cybersecurity professionals will always have roles, will always be in business for that reason. So eventually I came to the conclusion I want to do a cybersecurity role. I went to the, I think that's when we first met at the 2019 Nesby 40, was it 45 or 46? Uh, it might have been 45. Nesby 45 in Detroit, Michigan. I think so, yeah. Yeah, in Detroit, Michigan. Nesby 45, that's where, you know, I think we met inside Brian Thomas's uh, a yeah. workshop yeah. you know and yeah and shout out to brian thomas yeah. yeah we we uh we had that workshop and we met briefly we had a brief conversation and you know at nesby 45 that's where i met i got an opportunity to interview with so many companies mm. and you know i was fortunate and blessed to have that opportunity mm. and from there i i got a job offer from the current company that i worked for and they were the only company that was offering a cybersecurity role but mm. it was in florida Oh, wow. And I was living in California at the time. So I had to make another big boy decision. Jump from <laughs> one coast from California all the way to Florida to start my career. Wow. I said, yes, I did do it. It was yeah. tough, but I did do it. I did yeah, do it. Yeah, that's tough. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I got my start in cybersecurity. You know, go, I went the academia route. And, you know, here we are. I'm in Atlanta now. So, yeah, yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. So making all these moves, that, that, that's phenomenal. And I think that that's something I, I always talk to students or even people at the beginning of the careers about is that most people don't know what they're going to do for the rest of their career, whether you just get into college or in, when you even start career. I even tell people, I'm like, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. It's like I, I there's things that you learn and do along the way. And yeah. I think it's it's awesome that you were able to do that with the e- economics. Like the only thing I know about economics, I took like an econ. 101 and 102 class like <laughs> macro micro and macro so i don't know a lot of it i know like supply and demand and like the markets that's about it don't ask me anything else but you were able to follow your passion and then seek out that mentorship for people in nesby and also having that internship experience that's that's amazing yeah internship experience was very valuable i got the right mentors you know and you realize as you continue to grow in whatever field that you're in, whether you're in, a, in cybersecurity, you know, aerospace engineering, or any mm. STEM discipline or any discipline, yeah, right, you realize there's no such thing as just a successful individual. There are mm. people that have contributed to our growth, right? That, you know, you're always told, hey, you're self-made. 
Well, not really. Some, no, you know, no. there are people that helped us out along the way. No. You, you had help along the way. I had plenty of help along the way. Right. I'll, I'll never say I'm self-made because yeah. people are always helping, helping you, right? And yeah, that's the story of any person who's off to a very successful career or greatness in general in life. Yeah, that there are people around them that contributed to their growth and where they are today. Yes, that, that's a common theme. Yeah, I don't really like the term self-made either. Oh yeah, it's so yeah. like it's okay, and yeah. you're self-made. Cool. Yeah. Who do you help? Like, <laughs> yeah, it comes from a place of, of pride, almost. I think. Oh and yes. It's like mm-hmm. it's like we're all in this community together, whether it's like directly influencing people or indirectly influencing people, mm-hmm. and. Like, even if it's like just at the very basic, someone has to give you that job or give you that business or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you are making all this money out of nowhere. So it's like no right. one is truly self-made. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's one of those things, I think, especially, you know, I think us younger folks, mm-hmm. we, we, we get told we get told a lot of people, especially on social media platforms, mm-hmm. whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, yeah. you know people, you know, self-made is so prevalent. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. if you really want to go far in your STEM career, whether that's, you know, being a scientist, whether that's being a technologist or engineer mm-hmm. or a mathematician, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you want to understand that you cannot get there alone. Granted, mm-hmm. there's a lot of upward front that you have to do for yourself yes, that no one's going to do for you. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. But just understand, you, no matter how hard you work, you you will need someone's help. Yes, that, that's so true. So true. So talking about like, I know you're in cybersecurity and you were, you were in San Diego, going to San Diego State, graduated there, and then you had to make that decision to move to, to Florida to work at the company you are right now. So how was, how, how did you make that decision? Like, what were some of the factors you, you, you talked about? Or like, what was that transition like as far as you can remember? And like what, and if you could share what company you're at right now. Oh, for sure. So the company I'm at right now is Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Lockheed Martin, great company, has been very yeah. phenomenal in my growth. And, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been very positive, and I've been very fortunate to work there. That's awesome. So, but yeah, you know, uh, man, taking back, man, I'm about to start crying on the podcast, man. Oh, man. It's a tough decision. It was a tough decision. Yeah, but you know, it was about yeah five years ago, no four years ago, four years ago when I when I started doing. So I had my one year internship in the cybersecurity space. Okay. And then my professional career started four years ago in 2019. Okay. So, yeah, it it was it was a really it was a really tough decision. It was a really mm-hmm. tough decision because you know I come from a really big family, mm-hmm. right? I have, I have I lose count every time. I have eight <laughs> siblings. I have eight siblings. Oh wow! Yeah. Where, where are you in? Like you're near the top, the middle? Or where yeah, are you? Yeah. So I'm the second oldest, second. but I'm the oldest oldest boy. Oh wow! I have, I have an older sister. Who's, oh, wow. who's, who's happily married, having a very successful career in nursing. If she's nice. watching this, you know, I hope you enjoy this yeah, podcast. Give her a shout out. <laughs> shout out to my sister, Uma. She's amazing. She's lovely. That's but cool. yeah, it's, it's, you know, no one in my family or even across my cousins, you know, well, actually I have one cousin who, who left, who, who moved for work once, but in my immediate family, though, I was the first person to say, you know what? Hey, I'm leaving the city to go, to go pursue, pursue, to pursue, you know, bigger and better things, you know, that, are, that is conducive for myself and everybody in the family. Right. Wow. And it was really tough because my dad was very supportive of it. 
my dad immediately knew like, Hey, you know, this young man, you know, he's, he's on a positive path, mm. you know, for him, it's not that he wasn't concerned award. It was more of, Hey, you know, this young man is doing what he needs to do to, to better himself. And I couldn't be more happier and prouder of him. Yeah. So convincing dad, you know, you know, to, to pull the trigger on that, on that move, not, not a problem. We had some little okay. Eastern food. We had some chicken kebabs and shawarmas. We were good. Nice. He's like, oh, so I support go. you a thousand percent. We're good, right? Yeah. And my mom, my mom was a little bit more difficult mm. to convince. I'm, I, for me personally, I was going to make the decision to move regardless. Mm. But it's one of those things where you know, you'd you'd rather have their blessing. Yes. Right. In a perfect world, what's the perfect scenario? Yeah. You get their blessing, right? Mm-hmm. So and help them understand and make it very clear to them, your parents, that hey, this is nothing. This isn't nothing. This isn't a shot at you. Like, hey, I hate you. I'm leaving. It's more of, hey, thank you for teaching me so much valuable skills. I can now go take on the world with all the values that you taught me, right? And with my mom, she, you know, mom's being mom, you know, yes. mom, moms have a different level of concern. Yes. And if you're unhealthy, you know, because that that's your mom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and God bless our mothers, you know. Yeah. And she was just concerned about my safety. You know, I've I've had family members who who've uh, who've 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 had uh, who who've moved before, and when when they move, they didn't make the best decisions when they moved because oh, you know, okay. And you know, when you don't make the best decisions, you know, you become you you start to burden your your family a bit, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, we've heard of stories of people who move who do really well. We've heard of yeah. stories of people who move do not so well. Uh, who come back worse off than they wow. move, right? You know, and I had to explain to my mom, like, hey, mom, like, I have a good head on my shoulders. You taught me, you taught me enough. I got all the tools, all the skills necessary to take care of myself and not make any decisions that could be catastrophic for myself and for mm-hmm. you as well. So okay. it took a couple, couple weeks. And then I had to bring one of my mentors over to my house. You oh, know? wow. Yeah, we had to get the, we had to get the, you know, and we had Somali rice. It's kind of like jollof rice. It's like Caesar rice. Okay. So shout out okay. to my Nigerian people. It's like it's like it's, you know it's like the it's like jollof rice. We had some yeah. rice, some yeah. goat meat, some chicken. Yeah. You know, we had some a fruit bowl, fruit salad. Yeah. You know, and my mentor, you know, was enjoying the food and just having a great conversation with my mm-hmm. mom and dad, explaining to them, hey, you know, he's off to he's off to a good path. You know, mm. I, you know, letting him go out there. It's going to be good for him because because mm-hmm. whenever he comes and visits, you'll see the growth in him, and he'll eventually he'll be good enough, to, you know, to take care of himself and his family yeah. down the line. So yeah, he he helped with that. Shout out to my mentor. That's, his name is Doctor Hodge. Doctor he Hodge. was very kind enough to come over to my house, eat break bread with my family, and awesome. you know really give my mom. My dad was already cool, right? Yeah, but it was really like closing the deal on mom. Let's yeah. make sure mom understands yes. that you know I'm not leaving to go start scamming. Or doing yes. illegal activity. Yeah, and this is legit, mom. This is legit. Yeah. This is good money. This is uh-huh. legitimate money, right? So, yeah, that was that was that, and you know, making that decision. You know, for those of you watching, when it comes to making a decision like this, understand there are going to be family members that are going to be completely concerned at, concerned for you, mm-hmm. right? I don't encourage you to be resentful towards them. It's coming from a very like loving place. Mm-hmm. If you understand, it's coming from a loving place. You know, you won't let that slow you down, deter you from whatever path that you're pursuing. You know, I had family members tell me that they were very concerned and worried, oh, given their wow. past experience with other family members who left and not yeah. making the best decisions. Okay. You know, and I've had friends say, hey, you know, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? You know, that's why would you leave all the way to Florida? You have everything here. 
mm. you know, and I think as, as, as a young individual, as an adult, you know, you have to make decisions that when you look back that you, you're going to be like, Hey, you're going to say to yourself, Hey, I'm proud of myself for making that decision. Mm. Right. It's not, I, I didn't know that many people who moved from San Diego to start a career elsewhere, whether it be a couple hours away in Los Angeles or, oh, wow. you know, all the way to Florida or New York. Right. I've wow. never met anybody who personally known like anyone in my immediate circle who've made mm-hmm. that, made that move. Well, let me not lie, except one individual, his name was Kevin. Okay. And he moved from San Diego to Boise. And he was, he also, you know, was explaining to me, Hey, you know, moving is not a big, easy decision, but you know, it's something that eventually you have to make tough decisions as you get older, Yeah. you know, and sometimes you have to understand that there's always, there's always a cost benefit analysis going on yeah. and the benefits always outweigh the costs. Yes. At times. Yeah. Yes. No, that that's a really cool story. And and all those people gave shout out to Kevin and your your mentor, Dr. Hodge, that yeah. him talk to your mom about that. No, I I share your your thoughts about moms and their concern. And it's really like you said, it's coming from a place of love and care. They want to make sure you're good. And especially because I know you mentioned that you're the also the first boy. So she's so that probably made it much harder for her. So I'm the oldest in my family. Oh man, you're not going nowhere, Paul. Just stay at home. <laughs> I know. Well, that was the, that was the thing. So I actually left. So when I I went to school in Iowa, which only was like two and a half hours from when my family was when they're still in Nebraska. But okay. when I left to go to my career, I went to New Mexico um, in Albuquerque. So it was pretty far away more like an end destination. So not too far from you in San Diego, but not okay. close either. Right, right, right. Uh, so that was a tough decision. And I had to talk talk to my mom about that just to make sure that she was concerned, uh, that she was at peace with it. Like my dad was like, you're an engineer, go to where the job is, what you want to yeah. do. So he understood that. But I, I think that's really cool. And I think it's also good that you actually took your family's concerns and you tried to appease them and made sure that they were okay and not worrying about you. Cause I think, I think there's two ways to go about this. Sometimes people are, don't make the decision because they're afraid of family. Yes. Other times people will just ignore their family and be like, I'm just going to do what's best for me. I'm going to do me. And right. Forget them. They don't know what they're talking forget about. That. Forget them. I know mean, yeah, you're just cutting ties at that point. I mean, they're still your family. But it just it makes things a lot harder to do it when you do that. So yeah, for sure. I think you know. Also, I, we we also have to be aware that if I lose everything today, mm-hmm. right? If I lost all the money that I saved up or my four hundred one k got you know poofed, I didn't have nothing. Yeah. I was homeless. My family would take me in, mm-hmm. right? So these are people who unconditionally would you know would look out for me. Yeah. If it came down to it. Yeah. So those are those are certain relationships you want to continue to water them, right? Yeah. And make sure that hey, even if we're upset with one another, hey, I still got you. Yeah, still got you. Exactly. Exactly. So kind of talk me through. I, I think what we were talking a little bit be, before this about like you're in like a leadership development program. Yes. And, and Lockheed. So kind of talk through that as far as like what you were doing in Florida, how you got into Atlanta, like like what the program does and what you learned from it so far. Oh, for sure. For sure. So leadership development programs, the easiest way to describe it, in my opinion, is 
the ability to job hop within a company and also have them invest a lot of money into you via trainings and certifications. And depending on the company, some companies, they pay for your degree. Mm. So for me, you know, the leadership development program, I was early in my career mm. and I was thinking, I said, hey, you know, what's the fastest way to accelerate my career growth? You know, get the mentorship from the right people within the company and, you know, be known within the company. This is right. You go from, you know, living in San Diego where you're that guy. Yeah. Right. And and it's like, all right, now I'm in a company with so many people. How do I distinguish myself amongst all yeah. these people? But more importantly, how do I get myself in in the right spaces where I can learn the most and contribute the most? Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, getting into the leadership development program made, made sense because when you're in a leadership development program, a company is investing a lot of a lot more money into you, you know, in comparison to individuals who are not in leadership mm-hmm. development programs. Mm-hmm. These are also called rotation programs at yeah. other companies. So mm-hmm. when you're early career, it's really cool to switch jobs. Now, yeah. you can switch jobs by jumping from company to company. Personally, I don't see anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. right? But obviously, whenever you make pl- moves like that, you'll be very strategic and intentional yeah. about, you know, what you're doing because you have to be keep in mind that your skills stack on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure every role that you take, new skills stack on top of each other mm-hmm. and they create, you know, a, a better version of you in terms of your skill sets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I applied for the leadership development program. And as you are aware, Paul, that sometimes when it comes to leadership development programs, they can be really competitive. Yeah. And you have to apply into the leadership development program. It's like applying for another job. Yeah. You got to you got to touch up the resume. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to, you know, get the teeth whitened for the interview. You got to get the haircut. I ain't got yeah. much hair. Yeah. As you can tell, you know, get get the suit nice. Yeah. And, you know, sit down and have a conversation as to mm-hmm. why ultimately the company that you're working for should invest that capital into you Mm -hmm. to be in that leadership development program. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to leadership development programs, depending on the company, you'd more than likely have to apply and compete for that, for that, Mm -hmm. for that leadership development program. Right. And you have to understand that when you're applying that you have to create a a strong value proposition as to Mm -hmm. why that company should invest in you. Mm -hmm. And some rotation programs slash leadership development programs are two years, mm-hmm. right? Some are th- three years. Some are four years. It just really depends where you go, right? Mm-hmm. And each, each rotation within, within, within your leadership development program, each job that you take, you're learning new skills, mm-hmm. right? And on top of that, you're getting additional leadership development curriculum that you have to take. Mm-hmm. So classes, trainings, seminars, conferences that you have to go to. That is mandated for you to complete your leadership yeah. development program, yeah. right? If you don't attend these things or do these things specified in that leadership development program, you won't be able to graduate from that program, mm-hmm. right? So 
my first role was in Florida. So I stayed in Florida. So I, I worked in Florida for one year. And then in 2020, I stayed for my first, no, forgive me. So I started my role in 2019, my first job as a professional in 2019, summer 2019. And it wasn't until spring 2021. So January, winter, winter, sorry, I got the seasons messed up. Winter, <laughs> winter, January, 2021. Yeah, That's when I started my first rotation at the leadership development program. Okay, I stayed with my current team at that time, but I had a completely different role. Okay. Felt like I was thrown in the fire, but it was good. It was good. Wow. It was good. It was good. I, I, I had to start leading. Okay. I, I was responsible for a big project and I was responsible okay. for making sure that we had the appropriate amount of individuals within our team mm -hmm. allocated to that project and i had to communicate with other stakeholders throughout the company other mm -hmm. teams and mm -hmm. i didn't have to do that much in my previous role yeah but in that new role i was i was a project manager still doing yeah. cybersecurity work but i was doing project yeah. management okay. negotiating with other teams like hey we might not get the product to you in this time we would get it to you in that time yeah can we, can we work here yeah can we work, what can we do here right yeah so i had to, I had to learn so many new skills in my first rotation and then last year, I did another rotation where, you know, I was focused on working, working on, working on programs, the classified program. Okay. And obviously, I won't dive too deep into it, but yeah. I learned a lot of new skills about working with others. Okay. You know, as a cybersecurity professional, you have to work with software engineers. Sometimes you have to work with systems engineers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to work with HR. Sometimes you have to work with other stakeholders throughout mm -hmm. the company. And last year, I learned a lot more, like even more about the importance of working with others, mm -hmm. you know, paying attention to detail. Yeah. And this year now, my focus, I'm still doing cybersecurity work, but my focus mm -hmm. is on cloud technology. Okay. So think, you know, think cloud, like GCP, Oracle, AWS, okay. Azure, that sort of thing. Okay. And my focus now is building, helping other engineers build web applications that our customers are using. And as I'm helping them build those web applications, I have to keep in mind the security risks involved as we continue to build this thing and okay. deliver it to our end users slash customers wow so yeah lots of conferences i'm actually about to go to one conference two weeks from now in dc nice. for my leadership development program nice. this one's going to be focused on leadership leadership development and we're getting like hands-on training from like senior managers directors vps nice. seminars it's going to be fun probably not going to sleep because after conferences <laughs> i like to go networking yeah working right yes. i like to go i like to go have i have a good time explore the city eat some nice food you know yes. so yeah i'm pretty excited about that yeah no that's that's super exciting sounds like Lockheed does a really good job with their leadership development program and just so i'm clear and the people on on the podcast are clear and well one quick plug for those of you wa watching thanks for watching thanks for being on youtube for those of you who are listening go on youtube go to incredible Paul youtube watch the podcast Abdi's got this amazing blazer on. He's got the the pocket square. He just, yes. You're you're missing out right now. Yes. You're missing out. I mean, I just got a Crown Paul T-shirt on, but that's what I always have on. But definitely go to YouTube. But I, I would say, just so I'm clear on it, is it that you were already a part of Lockheed and then you applied to the the business leadership? Lead? Okay, that's how they do. It. Okay. Yeah. You have I, to at least work at least a year. Okay. They, they, they don't want to like throw money at somebody, invest so much resources to just to find out that they left it within nine months, right? Yeah. So, and, and I right. get it. I mean, I get, I also understand the employee's perspective, right? Like, hey, this is a unique opportunity. Mm -hmm. Unique, certain opportunities don't come that often. So, yeah. you know, I, I get it. I get it. So no judgment there, right? But, yeah. 
for the for the requirement at Lockheed Martin is at least one year. Okay. Okay. No, that yeah. makes sense. I know for myself, it wasn't specifically like leadership development program. It was a rotational program. Rotational program. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. With, gotcha. With, with General Mills. But theirs was different. You you go into that right away and it's a two-year program. Okay. And kind of like you mentioned, but you really just stay at one location, but rotate to a lot of different roles. So I got to do process engineering. I did oh, yeah. maintenance engineering. I did reliability and also did team leading all within a couple of years. Um, and then, so with that, with the rotational program, and also with me going to different jobs, so I ha- I've seen both sides of things. So working with Farina for four years, and then most recently now I'm with Henkel, which is not in food. So oh, wow. I had like six years, six plus years of food experience, and now I'm making laundry detergent. Um, so, uh, but it, that one was more strategic for me, just to make sure that. I had to make sure I could stay in St. Louis. It was a, a promotion for a manager role and I didn't have to travel as much because my previous Let's role go, was Paul. all Let's all go, the Paul. <laughs> all traveling all the time. So I remember when we met when we met in 2019, you were telling me about how often you were traveling for work oh, too. Yes. And that's that was part with, of the rotation, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was with uh Perina. So it wasn't the rotation. Okay. It was just that role was just it was like 75% travel, which mm. was, was fun. It, I honestly, I, I could still do it now, but I was just like being, being recently married, being at home yeah. more is just more important for me right now. I might get back to it at some point, but especially in the first year of marriage, yes. make sure it's a good foundation. So love it. Love it. Yeah, love it. for sure. For sure. That That's super cool. So I know you talked about the cybersecurity and now the cloud engineering. Is there anything that, either you gravitate more to you find more interest interesting i know they kind of go hand in hand i don't know if there's any right yeah yeah so with, with cybersecurity careers there are different paths that you can go it's, it's really broad my focus for a while was focused on governance risk and compliance okay. so governance risk and compliance is is a is a strategy right it's focused on aligning it with business goals while managing risk and making sure okay. that your business is being compliant with the law. Okay. And my role, my cybersecurity role is making sure that any products that we were creating at Lockheed Martin, they met minimal security requirements specified by the government. Mm. And if we can meet those minimal security requirements, that means we can continue to operate our business. If we mm. don't meet those minimal security requirements, that means we won't be able to sell those products, which oh. means the money goes down, the stock goes down, all that, right? So yeah. it was very, very valuable work. I really enjoyed that. Now I'm starting to look into cloud a bit more, okay. mainly because, you know, I would say a lot of people don't understand that you don't have to follow a strict, rigid path in your career. You can, you can make your own career ladder. Yeah. Right? You can make your own career ladder, right? Mm-hmm. You can just keep building the skills compound and, and whatever gravitates your interest, what your values align more with, what you're very mm-hmm. interested in. You could you could change that, right? Yeah. So for me, you know, it, it's not, getting into cloud. It wasn't a big pivot for me. It was more as a cybersecurity practitioner, understanding what is the burden that developers have when it comes to developing, mm-hmm. right? Because I used to work with developers, but my development background was lacking, and yeah. I realized, hey, there's a knowledge gap there. Yeah. And whenever I asked them to mitigate a vulnerability or mitigate an audit finding, mm-hmm. you know, I've noticed, you know, sometimes I'd get pushback. 
And I just say, hey, no, it is what it is. You, you have to fix it. Please go fix mm. it. And that's not the best way to go about it. Mm. The best way to go about having conversations with developers as a cybersecurity practitioner is making it very clear that, hey, you understand, okay, I trust your judgment. You've developed this, you've developed this application. Mm -hmm. I trust your judgment. I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, and you got to speak their language too. Yeah. Right? Because their their big priority is getting that 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 application, that product out the door. Yeah. Your priority as a cybersecurity practitioner is hey, let's mitigate as much risk as possible. Let's mm -hmm. take it to an acceptable level. That way we get the best finished product. Yeah. We're not completely yeah. against each other. Yeah. But as you can see, when you have one team's director saying, hey, why isn't this out there? And you yeah. have another team's director saying, hey, how do y'all let this product get out there with all this risk, all these vulnerabilities, <laughs> right? So the, the key is, as a cybersecurity practitioner, is to make sure that you're collaborating with mm. the development teams. Understand we're on the same team here. Yeah. We're on the same thing. We want to get this product out the road. We want to make that money. Yes. That's what we want to do, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, for me, my career is evolving a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I I got into the cloud to really understand the, the developers a bit more mm -hmm. and also most companies nowadays they're uh, they're integrating cloud technology within their tech strategy mm -hmm. so down the line for me you know i do i have every intention you know of eventually going to director executive level you know and getting into the leadership type of things but although i do have i do like being an individual contributor too it's it's it's, it's yes. something i go back and forth yeah. with, right yeah I but that. you know i i personally for me you know, getting into the cloud right now, that's my main priority, understanding cloud technology, okay. you know, and also reviewing my fundamentals, you know, such as Linux operating systems, okay. understanding, you know, cloud, a cloud design, networking fundamentals, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be in the cloud space for a while because mainly companies are going to continue to adopt cloud technology, Yeah. right? You know, you have startups who start natively in the cloud as they have no hardware hosted on their premises. It's just that all their IT stack is on the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. You have companies who've been around for a long time who are integrating cloud with their uh -huh. current on-premises technology because wow. for those who don't know, sometimes, a lot of times, if you already have, if you if you have a lot of sensitive information, like classified information, you know, hosting that in the cloud may not be the best idea, yeah. right? Because there's a lot of risk involved with that. Yeah. Yeah, that classified information hosted on somebody, some other company's web server, like an uh -huh. Amazon or a Microsoft, or Google, that creates a lot of risk and yeah, it could be problematic. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the, the conversations that are happening because then it's like, it, it's the other company, if something happens, it's their fault. But if that information gets out, it hurts you, that the your company. So it's like, how do you balance that? Exactly, exactly. And uh, there, there is... There is a way to have very sensitive information in the cloud. There is a, a there's a secure way of doing it, but again, well, you could get as much secure as you can, but mm -hmm. like, there's always risk involved. There's yeah. no such thing as 100% cybersecurity, right? Yeah. Oh, you drive? Yeah. Okay, you drive. Now, you and I both know people get in accidents all the time, but we mm -hmm. still wake up the next day, start the car, and and get out the door, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's risks involved, but we do what we can to mitigate that risk. We get that that seatbelt on, mm -hmm. right? We make sure our vision is good. We wear our glasses if we need to. Yeah. I would make we fix our mirrors, we make sure the seat is fixed, that way we're comfortable, we're aware, we can see mm -hmm. the rear view mirrors, right? You also make sure that you buy insurance to mitigate the likelihood that if you get into an accident, you don't have to foot that big bill of an accident. Yeah. Right? 
all these activities that we're doing to mitigate the risk so we can continue to drive, that's exactly literally cybersecurity metaphor. Oh, wow. Okay. Cybersecurity is, 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 is a bunch of, in a nutshell, a bunch of activities that you're engaging in to mitigate the likelihood that, you know, that, that an attacker exploits your business, exploits mm. you, takes in your information. And, you know, you want to mitigate that likelihood of that happen, happening. That way you can continue to operate your business. Awesome. I, I love that description because I, I, when I hear cybersecurity, that's all I think about is just securing stuff on the internet. But yes. that description as far as mitigating the risk and understanding that there is always going to be some sort of risk. Correct. You're taking the, but you know, like with driving, you're trying to get somewhere or the company, you're trying to make money, you're trying to do business. Mm-hmm. So this is the way you're trying to do it. But so you're trying to reduce the risk as much as possible to a point that is tolerable. Yes. So, I, yeah, I like yeah, that. That, that's what it is, right? And a lot of people sometimes when they think about cybersecurity, they think of a teenager, right, with hoodie on, you know, <laughs> smashing away at the keyboard in the yeah. corner in the corner of his mom's basement. But yeah, that's not that 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 that. <laughs> yes, those are cybersecurity roles that exist, right? Mm-hmm. Being a hacker for hire, right? Mm-hmm. Called, it's called ethical hacking. Where oh, a company wow. hires you, where a company hires you to look at their look at their you know, their infrastructure mm-hmm. and, and assess what weaknesses exist and attempt to exploit those weaknesses. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's levels of, of types of penetration testing, yeah. but you know, the, 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 that's what they call white hat hackers. Okay. Right? They call those white hat hackers individuals who go out of their way to you know contract their services with companies either through a company themselves or you know you know a sole proprietorship, whatever, okay. you know, companies hire these individuals to see, Hey, what would happen if a, if a bad guy attempted to exploit these vulnerabilities okay. or, you know, what weaknesses do we have that can be exploited by, by threat actors that exist out there. Okay. So there are a lot of different roles, but ultimately, you know, for the individuals listening today, I want you to understand that cybersecurity is not just a technical discipline. It's a business function, mm. right? It's a business function the same way that you have, you know, the chief operating officer, the chief financial officer, you know, you know, you have the chief technology officer. Mm-hmm. You also have the chief security officer, mm-hmm. right? And their jobs are to make sure that risk is taken to an acceptable level, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's through people, whether it's through hiring the right people, when yeah. it comes to, you know, people getting let go instead of them, you know, getting fired, you know, instead of them, you know, hacking systems because they have that access. Once someone is let go from the company, make sure that we have the proper offboarding processes, procedures yeah. to make sure their accounts are wiped they don't have access because if they do and they're disgruntled, right? Most people don't think of themselves as that, but mm-hmm. you really don't know how you feel until that event happens. And sometimes people, they, they get paid back. Now, I'm not saying that's okay. Mm. I get the sentiment, but I'm not saying it's okay. I can get someone's frustration of being laid off, but mm-hmm. it is wrong to get payback at a company that way because yeah. it, you're, not, you're just not going to win. That's not a yeah. game you're going to win, right? So part of the cybersecurity's professional's job you know, those are the type of roles that exist that all the their cybersecurity roles that exist are their jobs to make sure that, hey, what policies and procedures that we have that help address this risk, right? Mm. There, are, there are cybersecurity uh, roles that are focused on hacking, right? Ethical hacking. Mm-hmm. There are cybersecurity roles focused on, you know, application security, okay. right? There's, there's cybersecurity roles focused on cloud security. Mm. Okay, we're adopting cloud, we're adopting AWS. How do we make sure that we mitigate the likelihood an attacker can exploit our AWS accounts, mm-hmm. right? 
there are so many different roles in the cybersecurity space. There's cybersecurity sales engineering, wow. a sales engineer, you know, who's focused on making sure that the product that the cybersecurity product that they're working with is the product for their end user slash customer. Yeah. So plenty of cybersecurity roles and it's a vast space, but it's a fun space. I do enjoy it. That's that's phenomenal. And I have a, a semi-funny, it's funny in hindsight about what you were talking about with disgruntled employees. It was my first week starting with, uh, well, I can say it was first week with General Mills. The third day, I guess <laughs> someone got let go. And then everyone in the company got this email filled with explicatives calling out several different people because somehow they still had access to their email and they sent this email to I don't. I wasn't. The, I don't think it's everyone in the company, but everyone on, on that at that site. Oh my! And so this this was day three for me, and so I was like, "What is going on?" Like, <laughs> like just so bad. So in hindsight, it, it's funny, but like, there's a lot of things that could have potentially gone wrong if they still have access to email, probably have access to other stuff. So yeah, it just shows how critical the what you talk about the offboarding process is. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, we're human beings at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Something's yeah. never, something's never changed, right? Yeah. You know, it's a human factor. It, yeah. yeah, it's a human factor, right? And and, yeah. and the human, human factor is, is, is hard. It's hard as a cybersecurity practitioner. It's, mm. it's a, I mean, humans, in any discipline, humans will always be the hardest, hardest risk to mitigate. Yeah. Humans are sometimes can be predictable. Sometimes they can be unpredictable. Yeah. Right. Amongst the threat actors that exist, you know, possible threat actors, whether they be, you know, a potential, you know, terrorist from another country or a business that's that that's trying to hack your system to get proprietary information and get that yeah. strategy, that intellectual property, yeah. right? You know, the hardest threat to, to mitigate, in my opinion, and I'm not the only individual that holds this opinion, a lot of professionals hold this opinion as mm -hmm. well, is the insider threat. Oh. The people in our companies. Yeah. Because you saw that individual, that disgruntled employee, he sent yeah. a mass email out with plenty of explicitives that I can't say right now. Otherwise, this podcast would get canceled, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> All, and, 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 imagine, and imagine how much worse it could have gotten. Mm -hmm. What if they had access to a certain database mm -hmm. that had, you know, customer information? Yeah. Right? Or they had, you know, a database you know, or a file or a document that had a potential big contract that's yeah. going to happen soon. But if it gets leaked, that contract is no longer happening. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the hardest threat to mitigate as a cybersecurity professional inside a threat, in my opinion. Yeah. That seems like it. Cause you would think you should be able to trust the people that work for you, but humans, like you said, are unpredictable. Right. And, and you know, and I get, I have a little empathy when someone gets randomly laid off you know, and they're just, just shook, like, whoa, yeah. like, there was no precedence, it, it just, yeah. you woke up the next day, you, you drove to the office, and you scanned your badge, you couldn't get in, mm -hmm. right, it be, it could be, it's, it's a traumatizing experience, thank yeah. God I haven't experienced that, yeah, but, you know, it's a traumatizing experience, mm -hmm. you know, so I can understand when someone has a family to take care of, how they, they can be extremely upset by that yeah. event, but trying to exploit the company, you know, by hacking them, or, you know, sharing proprietary information. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a battle you can win. No. Right. Because now you got the cops involved. You got legal involved. You got the oh, lawsuits yeah. involved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and if you know anything about America is if you want the best lawyers, you got to pay up. 
Yeah, you cannot afford the same lawyers that the company has. Not even close. Not even close. They got a whole team ready at the go. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's so true. But yeah, thanks for talking about all the cybersecurity stuff. I, I also want to talk a little bit about, I know you do uh, keynote speak, you do speaking, and you also have a blog as well. Yes. What, just talk more about what you talk about, whether it's speaking directly or through writing, because um, I, I know you do a lot of stuff in the STEM space. Yeah, I appreciate the flowers, my brother. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. You know, yeah, so officially I've become a public speaker. I've been going to Toastmasters for the past, you know, eight months just to really refine my speaking awesome. and, you know, really get my speech to where it needs to needs to get get to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we forget that speaking is a skill. Yeah. Engineering is a skill. Mm-hmm. Being a technologist, a mathematician, a scientist, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. And the skill only gets better when you when you get better and work at it. Yes. Right. You have to work yeah. at that skill. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Incredipal podcast, it becomes a better podcast because Paul, Paul is working. on the the podcast he's working on his skills right yeah so you know if if anyone who wants to become a public speaker i recommend you definitely check out toastmasters you know get those reps in get very comfortable talking to people get very comfortable meeting people get very comfortable learning about other people's stories get comfortable sharing your story right Mm -hmm. because that's the most unique thing gift that you have is your story right no one can copy that it's my story yeah right it's kind of like a thumbprint right yeah there's only one of you yeah only one of you so yeah, I've been doing public speaking. I've done a, a, a couple official public speaking engagements this past year. Awesome. I had one, I had one talking about basic cybersecurity hygiene tips, mm-hmm. and I had another one with the National the National Society of Black Engineers at San Diego State University, my awesome. alma mater. Shout out to San Diego State, nice. best university on the planet. You heard yeah. it from me. I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all right. I'm interviewing you, so I'll let it, I'll let it slide. Oh man, I'm trying to hijack the platform. But <laughs> <Go> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I went to I, I went back to my my alma mater and you know had I had a great conversation presentation with the students there, and the main focus was about cybersecurity careers. So mm. what is cybersecurity? What career paths exist? Mm-hmm. Potential income opportunities. And what are emerging trends within our within this field? Because if you work in tech, you have to be aware. I encourage you, do a little bit of research and understand what are the emerging trends? What mm-hmm. technologies are companies adopting? Mm-hmm. What's going to be the next big thing, right? It's not like the stock market where it's almost impossible to predict yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. But tech is a little bit more predictable. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's a little bit more predictable yeah. Yeah. because you can see, okay, companies are talking about artificial intelligence. Yeah. There aren't that many individuals who are really good with machine learning and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should start learning machine learning and artificial yes. intelligence, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, one of, it's like one of those things. So, you know, definitely, you know, for me, it was really fun doing those speaking engagements with those students, having those conversations and you know, giving them, you know, the advice that that could be extremely beneficial for them, whatever career path that they're looking for in terms of the tech space. But the blog writing, yes, I do. I do. I do write blogs slash articles. I can't tell the difference. I'm I'm a buffoon. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know, blog, a blog is an article. It's a blog. You know, yeah. whoever you know, an official blog writer is going to look at this and it's probably going to grill me in my DMs on LinkedIn or Instagram. I promise. <laughs> but yeah, I, I write blogs and articles. I do. I do tech projects. You know, I've done mm. cloud projects and I talk about, you know, various concepts that newbies or new practitioners or mm. seasoned practitioners should be aware of within their respective careers okay. in the tech space. Okay. So I've talked about AWS. I talked about, 
basic cybersecurity concepts. Awesome. I've talked about cloud migration strategies. I talk about anything within my line of work mm-hmm. that I feel that it'd be that'll be very beneficial. I talk about that in my blog. That way, an individual who happens to come across that who's looking for that right advice, well, look at that. You got an article that gives you the blueprint that you've been looking for. Yes, that's good. That's really good. I, I really appreciate you doing that because it's not everyone that's in the space that is willing to take the steps, like you mentioned, with Toastmasters. Toastmasters, yes. I, I've been involved with Toastmasters in the past. That's something I want to get more involved in again in the, in the future because with traveling, I just couldn't do it because I couldn't be a part of a consistent club. So thanks for the reminder. Yeah, Toastmasters is amazing. There are so many different clubs you can be a part of. A lot of times your company might have a club i know that is like, definitely yeah. yeah yeah i know when i was at perina they had one that i was able to attend a few times i was actually on site and not traveling or even if they don't have one they, could, they will probably be able to pay for your membership just from like leadership development yes because communication is something that is critical in whatever you're doing i know a lot of times we think about okay communication you have to be the president or like the ceo or the c-suite executive but if you're not able to effectively communicate your ideas even if you're an individual contributor you're not going to be effective so communication is critical so yeah definitely uh go into toastmasters and all the stuff you're doing like it's it's phenomenal i see you all over linkedin and instagram with the stories with the reels with the videos it's so cool because I, I, like I said, I'm in the manufacturing field, the food side, and now more on, on the chemical side of things. So the whole cybersecurity field and the cloud engineering is fascinating to me. I know very little about tech, but watching your content has been very inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. I'm happy to hear that the content is, is, is doing exactly what it's intended to do to really just educate and help others. And mm-hmm. thank you so much. I, I, I received those compliments on those flowers, brother. Thank you. Yes. Yes, definitely. Keep it up. Keep it up for sure. But we're almost out of time, but I want to make sure, is there anything that we haven't talked about or you want people to know about who Abdi is as a person? One, one topic I do want to touch on um, as we head out here yeah. is, you know, the conversation about, Oh, should I get a master's? Oh yeah. That's yeah, a hot that's one, a good, right? That's Everybody, one. there's so many different opinions on that. And, yeah. I, and I'd like to share mine. Yeah. You know, school is not getting cheap. It's getting more expensive, mm-hmm. you know? And you, you want to be very strategic on getting a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Blindly getting a master's degree because that's what other people are doing. I don't think that's the most effective, intelligent thing to do. Yeah. What I do think is very risk-informed, smart decision is, you know, using other people's money, aka through through your company. If they have, if they have, if they have scholarships or they pay for master's degree. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that creates a case, or you have to create a case as to why you should get a master's. Mm-hmm. If your company is paying for the master's degree, that gives a good case. Yes. Right. If if you know that, you know, if you have an idea that, hey, I want to stay, I want to whether you want to go leadership route or the, the engineering route, you know, mm-hmm. the individual contributor route, mm-hmm. getting a master's degree can be beneficial at the right school. Yeah. But again, you have to be very intentional on, you know, why you're getting the master's degree. 
And also you have to do homework on what is the company's policy on the master's degree, mm. right? Do they require you to stay at least a year after upon completion, mm. right? What's the yeah. limits? Is it $15,000 a year, mm -hmm. right? Is it is it 20,000, 30,000 a year? Is it unlimited? Mm. What other conditions is it? Or do you have to be in a leadership development program to get that master's mm -hmm. degree stipend or master's degree you know, benefit? Mm -hmm. You have to ask yourself these tough questions because you want to make a risk-informed decision. Mm -hmm. That way, upon completing your master's degree, you're like, you know what? Hey, I made the right decision because the pros outweigh the cons. It made the most mm -hmm. sense for me, right? So my main thing is to those watching is don't go blindly getting a master's degree because it's a big investment. It's a lot of money. It's like buying a house. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not getting cheaper, right? Yeah. So you have to be very, very intentional, very strategic about it. You know, a master's degree can be a value add to you. It can, it can make you more competitive, but just be mindful, whether you're in cybersecurity, cloud or tech or any, you know, technical discipline, you have to be aware just because you have a master's degree does not guarantee you anything. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do in life is a probability game. Yes. The probability of them hiring you, hiring you might be a little higher if you have a master's degree. Yeah. Right. But if you're a terrible person, nobody's going to hire you. <laughs> if your skills aren't the way they need to be, are, are, are you are you good at having a conversation? Mm -hmm. Right? Are you are you talk? Can I talk with you? Yes. Can I communicate with you? Can I sit down and have have some tea with you? Right? Are you yeah. are you are you enjoyable and pleasant to be around? Yeah. If you're not, it doesn't matter what degrees you have. Nobody's going to mm -hmm. hire you. No. Right. So nothing. And I I want to leave it with this. No degree of certification will guarantee you anything. It's always a game of probabilities. Yeah. Your goal as the as the person who's trying to get work or is trying to start a business or entrepreneurship, you want to increase the likelihood that you get business. Yes. And getting a degree, getting a master's degree, PhD, those increase increase the likelihood. However, how much they increase the likelihood varies. Mm -hmm. Right. It could be, it could give you plus one point, it give you plus 10 points. Mm -hmm. However, you just have to be mindful that you're playing a game of probabilities and you have to understand that you have to be the complete, the complete package, which includes being on LinkedIn, on yes. social media, networking, you know, building a, a personal brand, you know, sharing advice, learning from others, communicating with the leaders within your industry, mm -hmm. getting to know their stories, getting to know the new practitioners within, mm -hmm. getting, getting to know the mid-career people, right? Mm -hmm. Building a strong social media brand, doing projects, sharing your thoughts, blog writing, all those things contribute to a full package of an individual mm -hmm. who makes themselves more competitive in yes. the marketplace. So I'll leave it at that, Paul. Thank you so much, my brother. Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. I love that you brought that up because I think that's a question that a lot of people in STEM have as far as if they should go for the master's degree. And I'll add something else that you were saying is to do your research because so that's one thing I learn like in chemical engineering like the starting salaries between if you went right out of, right out of bachelor's or master's master's of chemical engineering was actually slightly lower if you can believe wow. that because they valued wow. the experience you got while you're working so it's not i think you would make slightly more than if you were a bachelor's but if you had worked those two three years you would make more than if you just went to get your master's. If you're going into industry. Well, I'll be. Yes. Yeah. Wow. See, this yeah. is stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and so I had I had a, a class in college that they talked about those things. So it's like they said, basically, you're chemical engineering, either go stick with your bachelor's or you can work a little and get it later and work with your company or just go straight for the PhD. But the master's chemical engineering is like, it's kind of like a middle ground. It's like, 
you're not quite the PhD and mm. you don't have the industry experience of someone who has been working all that time. So that's crazy. Like, well, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that because yeah. now a lot of people know this is one of those cases that we're talking about. Like, yeah, you so, have to be very careful, man. It's it's a you could forego a lot of money for those three <laughs> years and stay for a master's mm-hmm. and not work or work, you know, and maybe revisit the master's down the line. Yeah, right? exactly. But obviously, if you go to one that's in more academic or maybe more specifically research, but those are pretty niche and there are not as many uh, career options there. So you, it just depends. It all comes down to what you want. But right. I think that the overall theme that you're sharing, and we could go like a whole nother hour, we're not going to do that, yeah. is about the networking side of things is that you can know everything and know all about what you need to do. But if no one knows, you know, that at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. So unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. especially in this digital age, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, the old school way of applying for jobs is you have a resume, you apply everywhere. <laughs> you can still do that now, but, yeah. but this, I don't think this is fair, but this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Nowadays. Well, it's always been this way. People hire who they like and who they know. Yeah. No. Don't make the rules up. I don't think it's fair. Yeah. There are people true. who are more qualified, who are less qualified than you, but they get the job. Yeah. Why? Because people know them. They can yeah. trust them. Yeah. Right. If you have a social media brand, if, you have, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, especially LinkedIn, heavy on yeah. LinkedIn, yes. you're on these platforms, connecting with the people, having tea with them, you know, having, you know, conversations with them through the DMs. Mm-hmm. Right. It goes down in the DMs, as they say, you know, having a conversation in the DMs, having 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 Zoom calls, going going to networking events, conferences, mm-hmm. going to, you know, local community networking events. People are much higher, much likelier to hire you if they know you, if they're familiar with you and who yeah. you are. But because, the you know, some of us, I think, you know, we do ourselves a disservice by not increase by not going out of our way to do that, because, mm-hmm. you know, the real secret is not working harder. It's it's obviously work hard. Yes, yeah. work hard. But as some, you get to a point where like hard work can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. You got to be invited to certain places. Yes. You yeah. got to be invited to the room. Yes. Right? No one knows who you are. So yeah. how are they going to invite you if they don't know who you are? Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, true. But you don't like situation. Yeah, either my personal life or like um, just openings that happen. They talk about the hidden job market, but yes. a lot of times... They want to fill because going through the recruiting process is expensive, but it, it takes time and you don't, and you just, it's a, it's a crapshoot. You don't know who you're going to get a lot of time. You don't know. So <laughs> risky. Yeah. It can be pretty risky. So if you got anything in this conversation, make sure that you are networking. Even if you're just starting small, start commenting on people's stuff or like people's stuff. You don't know what to post yet. Start small, but yeah. also understand what you want to do even if you don't know it yet be open to the opportunities that lie so like with abdi's story that he started off economics realized that as far as what he needed to do to get a phd that wasn't something he was passionate about doing and then he looked for other opportunities too many times we get caught into i guess it's the i guess i'll use an economics term with the sunk cost that sunk we, cost, feel, yep. we feel like we put all this time and effort here we need to stay in there and that is not true like there's so many stories about people going into totally different industries or switching majors or switching degrees while in college at the end of the day it's your life it's your career so make it matter oh that was but, amazing 
I couldn't say that any better than myself. Yeah. Round but, of applause no. for Paul. <laughs> yeah. But Abdi, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Love your energy. Love everything you're doing. Keep doing it. If there's any way I can help you or connect you with anyone, let me know. But I want to make sure people know how to find you as far as your socials and website, anything. You've yes, yes. That. So yeah. I'm working on a website. It will be coming yeah. soon. But awesome. for right now, you can follow me on both LinkedIn and Instagram. My LinkedIn is my first name, Abdi, A as in Apple, B as in boy, E as in dog, I, E, Abdi, last name Mohammed, M-O-H-A-M-E-D, Abdi Mohammed on, on LinkedIn. And then for Instagram, you can find me at amohammed.elevate. So it's A-M-O-H-A-M-E-D, period, elevate, E-L-E-V-A-T-E. That's my Instagram that's my LinkedIn. I'm also on medium.com for my blog post. Awesome. I'll look up Abdi Muhammad and you'll find me there. Awesome. So I'll make sure I put all those links in the, the show notes for the podcast. For those of you listening and for those of you who are watching it, I would already have put it on the screen. So you've already seen it or you can click on the, the link. So it was great having you on the podcast, Abdi. For everyone watching or listening, thanks for joining me on this journey of becoming the most incredible versions of ourselves keep being incredible. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time and be incredible. 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 incredible.